Welcome back to another episode of the Life Lady Podcast. We're your hosts, Mel and Soph, and as always, it is an absolute pleasure being here. We have been podcasting for six months. Wow, we can't believe it's been that long. And to celebrate, we thought it would be good to take a step back, reflect, and hear from you guys. We've put together a short survey and would absolutely love it if you took a few moments to fill it out. And as a thank you, we'll pick someone at random to be a guest on the show. A link to the survey is in the description of this episode and also on our Instagram page at LifeLatelyPod. So go ahead and check it out. This week, we're joined by another special guest. We love that we get the opportunity to invite people onto our podcast. As well as entertaining and conversational, we want our podcast to be beneficial to our audience. And so this week, we're discussing homeschooling. Whether you're a parent or guardian with a young child or teen in your home and faced with not only keeping them entertained, but educated as well, we're hoping this episode will help and inspire you. To help, we are joined by Andrea Fender. Andrea is a qualified teacher who has worked in London as a primary school teacher for over 15 years. She also specialises in special educational needs, having taught children with autism spectrum condition, ASC, pupils with communication difficulties and those with social, emotional and mental health, SEMH needs. Realising that children were able to expand their learning potential, improve their confidence, self-esteem and passion for learning with regular one-to-one support sessions, Andrea expanded her work in home and online tutoring and currently runs a tutoring business called All In Tutoring, tailor-made to fit children's individual learning needs. Andrea comes with a wealth of experience, knowledge and techniques and is no stranger to teaching young people, so we are going to get right into it. Welcome to the podcast, yeah, Andrea. Welcome. Oh my goodness. We are well, so excited so to have you here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. The introduction. I was sort of wondering who if I could speak to this person as well. Wow. That's yes. like a oh my gosh. Right, yes. Yeah, welcome. no, definitely. Thank welcome. you. And so, thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming on to our podcast. Thank you. Um yeah. So we're just gonna get right into it and just get to know a bit more about you and hopefully you can, you know, share your knowledge with us. Sure. So um <laughs> so I'm going to start off with the first question. And the question is, teachers are classified as essential workers. And, you know, we during this time are, you know, really so thankful to all the essential and key workers mm-hmm. out there right now, especially during this yeah, pandemic. Um, so, you know, thank you <laughs> to you. And but what is it like for teachers right now um, during this time? Well, this is a really um, strange, very unusual time because mm-hmm. teachers are very much used to um, running, basically. So running, running physically, running mentally, being within a classroom, um, being around the school building. So for now, at this current time, being in lockdown in your within the confines of your own home, mm. students around um, is a little um, could be overwhelming because yeah. you're used to you're having to now um, think outside of the box. So usually for for a classroom teacher, the first thing is your classroom management. Classroom management needs to be key in order for you to um, have the children learn, be stimulated, be motivated. So with the classroom management comes um, behavior management. And Mm. so you've got to make sure that the environment is right in order to get your children to learn. So um, obviously, if the students are not there, then there's a massive factor that you're not tailoring towards. That Mm. is the feedback 
So when you actually see your students, you receive immediate feedback. Is that child attentive? Is that child looking um, ready to go? Is that child uh, understanding what you're what you're teaching them? Is that child um, what is that child's emotional state like um, in order to have them ready and prepared to learn? And mm. if you have that feedback, then you don't really know what to go with, do you? So um, it's it's one of those where um, teachers are actually finding that they're having to do a little bit more in order to try to balance this out. So yes. you're not getting that feedback, so you've got nothing to work with. So mm-hmm. you're really having to um, having to judge what it's like. And plus, this is a quite a quite a um, strange, unusual, unnerving situation for students as well. So um, although it may seem as though you're having an extra additional lie-in, well, no, now they're still going to somehow do work. They're still somehow got to learn. And you've got to get that right balance by getting them emotionally regulated enough to learn as well Mm -hmm. as as, um, trying to have something um, that is very unusual seem now normal. It's not normal. So really teachers are having to pull out the stops in terms of creativity, having to pull out the stops in, ter- in terms of trying to get, um, also trying to get parents on board as well, you know, trying to also get the children prepared and ready to, to be learning um, in an environment which is, which is, uh, which may not always be conducive for learning. So it's a very uncertain time for teachers at the moment. Um, and also they're having to make sure that they're in tip top shape and, and um, ready to, keep on going themselves as well seeing as they are really that they are essential to this this workforce as well yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah that's um very difficult um Mm. across the board because i'm i've just thought you know teachers also we're all going through this experience and it's a bit traumatic for everybody. Yeah. But like you said, key workers, you mm. have to keep going. Yeah. So yeah. you have to look after your mental health. That's You're right. still thinking about your students' mental okay. health. You're yes. wondering if the, if the environment at home is conducive yes. for mm. them to learn. That's right. You have to look after the kids who are in your class who are yes. uh, children of key workers. And then you have to think about the ones who are at home. Yes. You're not getting any feedback. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You have no it's idea how they get on. No, no. Yeah, you, mm. th- there is a lot. But uh, one thing I'd always say is that the f- most um, important thing is, is to, uh, for students, especially for anybody, is to have a calming, reassuring um, outlook, mm. if anything. Mm. If, you, if, mm. you the, the sense, if you give the sense of panic... Then you're, then then that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a very panicky, very nervous uh, situation or, or atmosphere. So it's got to be, you know, not trying to make it unrealistic, but to make it pleasant, so that when we yes. do tune in, we have online learning. This is a time where we're going to shut everything else off, and we are going to enjoy being around each other. So in essence, the the voice now has to become the calming, nurturing um, aspects of the teaching. The child may not necessarily learn anything academic, but now they're actually learning to be able to calm down. So really they're they're learning um, emotional regulation skills. That's really what's going to keep them above what's happening at the moment. So, um, yeah, about keep it, having that environment um, or having that, um, that, that time of, of learning, keeping it as calm and enjoyable as possible. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so we'll move on to the next question. So yeah. for some of us, like myself, I uh-huh. mean, I am flexible. I can assist my daughter. I can help her 
with uh, whatever tasks she's been set uh, for the day yeah. from school. Um, however, like we've mentioned, there are so many spanners in the works right now mm-hmm. uh, with some parents who are working full time and therefore don't have enough time to give their kids that support. Others, of course, have more than one child across different grades <laughs> like <laughs> with one laptop. Yeah. So um, it's difficult to, to get that work done. Others, of course, are from low-income families. And um, like you said, not every environment is conducive for learning. Yeah. So I guess there's no one-size-fits-all approach. But yeah. um, what top tips can you give us to parents who Absolutely. are home- homeschooling at this time? What I would say is that all environments are conducive for learning. But it's what you're looking to get out of that situation or out of that learning session. So one bit of advice I'd like to give to parents is to allow their child um, some space, if anything, some space to Mm. be able to engage in a learning session. So it might be that that, um, um, that a child is ready, is about to, if they have a device at home, a laptop or, or a tablet that they're going to be um, interacting with their teacher on, if parents could allow their child just a bit of space to engage in that learning time. Um, mm. if, and once the, the child is able to be there in that learning time, to allow the child to do it. So if anything, parents might wish to see what the child is doing, but it's really vital that the parent not interject and really allows the child this, this space in order to engage in this learning. So mm-hmm. um, it might be that the teacher has set work for the child to do, which may not necessarily be anything that needs to be recorded. It may, it may just be, oh, um, um, have a, ask your, your mum, your, your dad or your, you know, a family relative what it's like for them during this time of lockdown. So it might just be about having, uh, working on conversational skills. Um, but mm. be open and ready to be listening to your child. So even in that, that is a learning experience it might be okay um um ask your mum or dad or whoever if they'd like us to help out within the home or uh to ask you know it might just be it right now it's going to be about into trying to engage it, mm. it's all about communication so that's the other thing as well children always need to be able to have the skills to communicate it might be to ask questions other communication is nonverbal communication. So, um, so that's a really, really good one as well. I love number, nonverbal communication. It might be a thumbs up to show, you know what, I really like that you, that you were able to sit down for five minutes. Well, five minutes in my case is, is really fantastic because I've got the attention span of a fish right now. So, you know, <laughs> thumbs up. You know what, you sat down and you really tried doing that piece of work by yourself for five minutes, thumbs up to you. So, you know, that, that, that sort of, um, the, that style of communication, being nonverbal, is also really essential. And that doesn't take much out of, um, out of being a parent mm. to do that. I mean, going back to my, my days with my daughter, who's now 19, Go back to those days when I used to have to uh, try to do things with her. But being a teacher at the same time, I found it really difficult to take off my teacher hat and put on my parent hat. So it was a crosswire of communications, expectations, demands and what have you. So um, so try to really find ways of um, allowing my child to see this as learn experience. Um, you know, yes. but we're going to right. Here's a bit of learn experience for you. We're going to take your clothes out of 
the, the, the washing machine and you're going to learn how to hang them up. That's <laughs> you know? my kind of well, you know, teaching. <laughs> skill, you know. Uh, right, yeah. so the clothes are dried mm. now. Wonderful. Right, you take them off. There's a way to fold them and we'll have a place to put them. Right, so good. And now you're, you're actually allowing your child to do something that's practical but also helpful. It's meaningful. There's a there's a there's a beginning and there's an end. I always see mm-hmm. what can be done. So it does, learning doesn't always have to be sitting down with a pencil and paper and no, learning is all about um, being able to do something um, new or doing something better or in a different way that you were able to do than you were able to do before. You know, so yes. it's just things like that. So um, so that is always 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 essential and one thing another thing i'll say is um also about um yes it's a difficult time for parents how are we going to make sure that we're actually getting things done how are we going to make sure that we're able to um homeschool effectively well have a timetable so a timetable you could um I, i would i would suggest a weekly timetable and um literally just make it really visual make it visual by just for example monday in the morning wash clothes together (laughs) show my child how Mm -hmm. to use the washing machine you know for example if it's got nothing to do with your your maths or your english or you could or it could be that that you know the, the teacher has set some work for you so if a teacher if they're going to have an online session then put that onto the timetable as well so here we go. On the timetable, you're going to have a session, an hour of English, an hour of maths. Then you're going to have a break. And then you're going to have um, some, some art. Then you're going to have lunch. And, and so that way, the whole day is broken down and it's, it's all there so we can stick to it. Yeah. And um, so what, I say, what I'd also suggest is that would be um, just having those, those activities just set out like that. That could be for a younger child. For an older mm-hmm. child, you may wish to have it with times, with, with the time as well allocated to it. But so that way you can see that, oh, right, okay, we're going to be doing that. We've done that. We're going to do that next. So we know what's coming next. That mm-hmm. way you're building up that routine. You, you're getting the schedule. Because once children, even adults, once we have a schedule, then it reduces anxiety. And so it it develops preparedness as well. You know what to expect next. You know that if you really lack motivation, then you know that once you start it, it's going to end. It's going to have a finish time. And also it's good to even fit in some rewards as well. So, you know what, after doing that session of English, then you can have your pack of crisps if you want, you know, so fit that in as well. So it's also motivational. You're also, you know, oh, I'm getting into this. And so once you've built it in after three weeks, then the child will know what that they're getting up as soon as they get up in the morning, brush teeth, what have you. Now they're getting ready to work according to their timetable. So that way that, 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 anxiety which may build up or even anxiety that may build up as a result of um as, as, as a result of not knowing what's happening it will reduce and so that you'll have fewer behavioral difficulties fewer um, fewer episodes of reluctance to do you'll see more compliance and you'll actually see the child taking the lead you know mm. because they know exactly what's coming next you see so that's definitely a bit of advice i would i would suggest for parents, single mm-hmm. parents, parents who are low-income families, it's you can you can even build in this timetable structure with your child if you can. 
you know and so it's yeah. a really fun way to be able to do to, to, to do it so you both know you all know what's happening yeah yeah that's amazing that's a good point um i can say in my own experience like i've given my daughter she knows class starts at um 10 o'clock yeah Basically, mm. you should be downstairs by 9.55. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's the rule. If you're not down at 9.55, you're late for school. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. They, they know. They really do know what, um, what, what's, what the schedule is. And if you forget, they'll tell you, I need to do this. Oh, I need yeah, to do yeah. that. That's mm-hmm. to happen. So yeah. when they start to lead the way, then you know, ah, right, that's good. They've got a routine. And that's when you know it's really important to stick to it. Yes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So important. Children love and need absolutely. a routine, right? And as you said, it just keeps them in order. Yeah. And stops them from having episodes, as you say, or misbehaving, etc. Definitely. That's really cool. Um, I would imagine many parents are concerned that kids will fall behind, especially during this time. Um, some children need greater face-to-face assist- assistance with subjects um, that they may find difficult. And there are also children who are dyslexic or have other sort of individual needs while parents don't necessarily have the skills um we know that for example parents have admitted they aren't able to figure out their children's homework mm-hmm. for example um or there's a language barrier or there's a lack of time etc that we've discussed um but how can parents work with their children and possibly schools during this time to ensure they don't fall behind or fall that far behind like are there resources available for parents or anything that else you could recommend definitely um this is my goodness this is definitely um a call a cause for concern because many parents will have these um this these worries and i'll say quite Mm. rightly so so if parents are feeling anxious about this don't feel bad you know um Mm. you're right to be feeling um, anxious about this your child going to school my goodness they're missing a a massive chunk of their education right now especially when we've got um, when children should be on track in in order to be sitting their sats for example or you know on track to do certain assessments in order to um, deem which level of, of, of class they should be going into as of September. You know, ch- a child who, who was in year four should be going up to year five. However, they're missing out a term, two terms of school. So therefore, how are they make um, the progress and fill in those gaps mm-hmm. that they should have known about for year four when they're going into year five? Are they not going to be behind? So absolutely, these are massive concerns. So what I would say is um, currently schools should be providing the work for the students that's first and foremost because Mm -hmm. that's what schools have been instructed to do Um, and also if parents are still concerned I think it's it's really important that parents um, that parents speak with the teachers make contact with the teachers to voice these concerns so that the teacher will be able to um, reassure you that your child is on track and that they're set in work in order to um, in order to have that child meet those expectations. But one thing I'd also say um, in, in addition to that is try not to apply pressure to your child because um, you know we, we may not all have the invite have the conditions in order for a child to be able to sit and work in, in quiet or in silence and be able to support them in the work that they're doing. But what I would say is really try to allow that child to um, to have a bit of a bit of space and a bit of time, as I, as I said before. But if you have any concerns, by all means, always contact the club, the, the teacher. Additionally, if you would like to do any, um, if parents would like to do 
extra work on top of that. There are the BBC websites. The BBC websites are really good. Uh, mm. good the bite size? Yeah, the BBC bite size, yes. Um, they, also, they help to, they give lots of visuals, lots of animations. Um, they also have interactive games as well that can be played. Um, that you yeah. can play and also parents can play why not have fun make make a game between yourself and your child you know um, yeah and it's enjoyable it can be enjoyable uh, I was going to say that um, I I'm I'm in this space mm. where the first three weeks of um, homeschooling yeah. was fine we got a timetable yeah. and we had all sorts of you know classes mm. for my daughter this week though now that they've mm. gone back to school mm. Um, they've moved on to a different platform. Right. And I find my daughter is done with whatever work she's been sent, yeah. like in the first 10 minutes <laughs> of the day. And yeah. I'm like, is there nothing else? Like, <laughs> was that it? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Uh, but an, oh, a resource man. that I found helpful, um, and this is being um, funded by the Department for Education. Mm. Um, and there's, I think they receive technical support from Google and it's done by teachers. Yes. Is the Oak National Academy. Yes. And that has a, a daily um, schedule and she's done. Brilliant. So that's how supplemented her learning Wonderful. for this week. Yes. Uh, she's done Spanish, she's done music, Wonderful. she's done all sorts. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, absolutely. So there we go. There, there, is, there is so much. So you've mentioned Oak National Academy, which uh, provides a, a booster to fill those gaps as mm-hmm. well. Most definitely. So parents do yeah. need to know that there is, there is something else that, that they can work with or work from absolutely so thank you for mentioning that as well definitely and also don't forget if you if you still have concerns uh, that your child is is, is uh, not being challenged enough mention it raise it with your teachers that they, they may be able to may, may be able to suggest other platforms um, or even some other uh, sites that the school have uh, bought into as well so that you don't have to uh, spend additional uh, money to, yeah. uh, to support your child further. No, that's very cool. That's very important, actually. It's just not just relying or thinking, oh, what the child is getting from yeah. school is enough. Because as you say, so like they could finish yeah. it so quickly mm-hmm. and it's not a case of, oh, okay, they finished it now, so they can go and play. Yeah. No, there's still more resources out yeah. there that they can take and, you know, definitely learn definitely. from. Um, l- let's talk lack of motivation. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, adults are facing oh, yeah. it, children are facing it. Um, but in terms of lack of motivation, which can be a problem, particularly for those children whose exams have oh, been yeah. cancelled, so they're probably feeling a bit deflated. I know, Andrea, you touched on, you know, not applying too much pressure mm-hmm. on children. But um, how can parents get their children motivated at a time Oh, my like gosh. This? Wow. Th- that, that's a really good question. That is a, a question that doesn't have just one response um, because of obviously... Mm, yeah, because every child is Every child is it? an individual and every parent yeah. is an individual as yeah. well. So, you know, it's, um, you, yeah. you know, you've got to try to have it, try to uh, balance it with having a bit of understanding and also um, you, you want your child to do well. So come on. Yes, it, it, it mm-hmm. didn't work, but we've still got the, the rest of um, your, acad- your academic years to go through. So, yes, yeah. this didn't work, but what's happening is this. Once we come out of lockdown, or what you, school proposes to do is X, Y, Z. Now, obviously, all I can do is theorise because um, 
teachers, schools haven't been told when they're going to resume. So, uh, but they should have an action plan. So what are his, this is the only thing I can just suggest is that um, speak to the schools because the schools should have a, should have a support network there as well um, to support these students at this time. Schools do buy into counsellors and this is definitely a time when students will need to speak to somebody about their about their concerns. You know, they, they worked really hard for these exams. They they have been they were looking forward to actually going and proving what they could do. Uh, and all of a sudden mm. it, exams have been cancelled as though they didn't matter. Well it does. It's yeah. really important. So um I mean encouragement. It's just really all I can suggest is encouragement. It encouraged your, your child that they did really well and that you saw them doing this. And you know what? You want to see them see that they are going to continue to do well. So mm. keep on going. Without dwelling on it, um, let's let's keep on going. What what is it that you want to do next? Okay, let's look into how we're going to do that. But once again, seeking that advice from school who will be able to able to suggest what should be done next because they they are should be definitely um trained counselors who will who would be able mm. to assist in this yeah awesome well, yeah so um moving on to a post covid-19 oh yeah <laughs> you know teachers do a lot mm-hmm. outside just teaching you know yeah. like you said assessing students seeing how their mental um state yeah um and like we said before this is a traumatic experience for everyone yeah. who's going through it um but how do you think or what do you think schools would be like post COVID-19? You know something? Um, mm-hmm. From my experience, schools are so well equipped to adapt with change, rapid change, change mm-hmm. we perceive as traumatic. So once um, um, schools are up and running, running again, it's, it's a massive support network. Every All members of staff are in this together where it's a time of uncertainty and we don't know what the children are going to be like when they come in. But when children go back into familiar ground, they hmm. see that, oh, we've got our familiar faces. This is our safety net. Um, and then they're able to actually get back into a routine because it's something that they expect. They know once they walk through those classroom doors, there are a resource of bodies there, teachers, teaching assistants, um, you, you know, um, their, their peers who are there to support them. It might mean that they're going to have lots of, um, lots of time to talk about it, to share their experiences, to share their fears. It might be that they're going to have to be, have to have a lot of creative, flesh, creative sessions where they're going to have to be drawing certain things and painting certain things just to get back into, you know, that, 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 that mode of, um, this is where you can feel safe. This is where you can be safe. And we're always looking out for signs where you may need extra support. And mm-hmm. That's where I think schools will always have the, always have the strength. You know, yes, it, the academia is absolutely important. But when it comes to a child's resilience, that's what's equally or even more so important. And to and the child to know that they are able to um, work towards something they that they they are able to be a part of um, an environment where everyone 
will support each other. There's nobody who who is okay. No, we're gonna we're gonna let everyone know that it's all right to be feeling um, afraid. And teachers may mm. say that they themselves were afraid. It's okay. But right now, while we're here, we know that we can we, we can go somewhere when we when we're feeling a bit anxious. Uh, we know that we can um, we can talk about it. So you know, it, we have to ease everyone in, everyone back in gently. One thing that yeah. I say schools, I don't think schools will be doing this where, where they're going to be shutting everything down and saying, okay, let's not talk about it anymore. That happened and that's it. No, this is massive. This is a mm-hmm. children may, may even have lost um, people that, that they know and love, you know. Yeah. Things will never be the same again. They've probably um, watched videos on YouTube, who knows, <laughs> you know, about um, people who have died, thousands of people who have died. Children will not get to know um, the value of things also, you know, mm. in terms of number. <laughs> if they counted, yeah. um, if they couldn't count it to a thousand before, my gosh, they're going to see what a thousand looks like in terms of seeing the figures um, increase and what have you, you know. So there's a lot that they're going to have to adjust to. Also, um, washing your hands. Oh my gosh, singing the happy birthday song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hygiene. Your hands and dry. Singing happy birthday, traumatic, you know. And, um, mm. but, and also going shopping you can't just go to the shops normally you have to queue you have to have a two meter social distancing what is that so it won't be the same again but it can be treated as a positive experience whereby you could even say you're a part of history because we've never yeah. ever experienced something like this before and yeah, so, lifetime, yeah, yeah absolutely so this could be this could be treated as a positive experience going forward you know, where you start writing your history books. Let's record it so that we don't forget what it was like for us and what we think it was like for others who experienced this. So um, I, mm. I do think that's... That would be a great project. It would be fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, taking photo, photographs of an empty park, taking photographs of, um, or even drawing um, an, an empty or, or a, a blocked off um, playground, for example, mm-hmm. seeing schools, <laughs> schools with their gates still closed, you know, seeing um, landmarks, for example. I mean, I'm not too far from Tower Bridge, London Bridge and all those places. There are not mm. many, um, not many cars traveling over them. Buses. Oh, my goodness. Buses are virtually empty. You've got some yeah. of the buses. Mm. And there are so many signs to show that this is not what no, what we normally experience. So by all means, we could have these photographs taken and, and we can actually um, then have, uh, you know, cap- capture it and then allow children to possibly share these photographs when they go back to school, for example. And it can be, and this would be perfect, uh, perfect um, topics for them to talk about because they did it. Yeah, it sparks conversation and imagination. And they'll know because they'll then be able to talk about it. And, hey, they'll even be able to write about it. Why? Because they've experienced it for themselves. It's not here. Yeah. It's real. It's happened to them. So they'll have a lot here. But one thing I'd say is, you know, I don't think children will be shut down for this. So I think going moving forward, it's this is going to be a time where we can get back to the learning environments. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think even more so, it will be a place where, children will see that the school is definitely a place where we can we can be and we can be safe because there are people who get together rally around um yes teachers are educators but they're also nurturers and it's not just yes. teachers, mm. but it's all those who make up um the, the teaching or teaching environment um, the caretaker the cleaner the you know the the the, the dinner mm. dinner person you know 
everyone mm. makes up yeah. that, mm. that it's, it's part, true. A, a part of education. So, yeah. Yeah, because school is like a little community, isn't it? Oh, in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. It really is. is. Um, so, how do you think then that the education system should or will change? Uh, I'm thinking online learning is going to be they'll oh, probably yeah. pump in a lot more money yeah online teaching yeah hopefully they'll pump more money mm. into schools <laughs> and technology well, yeah. yeah but where do you mm. think oh. it should go where do i think it should go i think um definitely the online learning is 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 invaluable because it's mm. going to it's, it's definitely saving a lot of money um <laughs> save a lot of money yeah. you know, yeah, on resources, on resources yeah. absolutely um not to sound negative but it cannot take away from the nurturing environment whereby um mm. you, you uh, teachers do have the skill to know when a child isn't ready to be learning mm. you know um yeah. to to be able to say those words of encouragement to that child and even if they say you know what I could see you're struggling with that just put your pencil down and just listen the teacher teachers have, a, have the power to do that to reassure that child that whilst you're here I don't want you to be afraid I can see that you're struggling to understand it right now children need that encouragement to know that if once they if they feel overwhelmed there's somebody who's in their corner who will say it's okay mm-hmm. um, and that cannot be done over the internet no of course <laughs> not, no. so how do i think education will change or how should it change yes um by all means have these these times where you can do additional work with with the children but um it, it shouldn't detract from having that personable time with with, with, with the children within a classroom what mm-hmm. i would say is small groups small working groups i think work brilliantly so if you could have times hey who knows where you're going to have days at home teaching um 30 children across the internet but i think there are some children who definitely need to be within smaller groups who need that one-to-one to be able to say i don't understand it can you can you use your pen and show me how it should be done that ha- yeah. having that one-to-one engagement that is inv- invaluable you cannot take away from human interaction mm. so um so, so I think, mm. yeah, on, online, brilliant, but you still need the, 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 the environment to actually work, you know, together. And also, listen to the teachers more. That would help. How about yes. having a class yeah. actually make the decisions and actually let the, let the ministers or what have you know how the school should be run? Mm-hmm. That would work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Teachers are so important. Mm-hmm. And definitely this definitely during this time it's opened up um, the importance of teachers yeah all our eyes about the importance of teachers actually even for parents because i'm sure you know i thought i could homeschool i I cannot homeschool yeah we definitely love our teachers but i think this is fantastic because at least parents now see um what pressure teachers are under you yeah. know but but yeah. i would say you know, there's so many things that a teacher needs to juggle so many uh, you know you, you all you want there's to do admin is, side as well isn't it just ridiculous but 
So yeah. you, all you want to do is just focus on those children. That's all you want to do. You, you know, you know where you want to get them to. You know how far you can push them, and you you just know what they need. Mm-hmm. And this is probably a time where we don't have to have to be dealing with all the other all the other bits and pieces that the mm-hmm. or the government is requesting. You know, useless bits of information where all we can do, all we need to do is just focus on the children. That's how it should yeah. be. That's so important. So really, so, you know, just to reassure parents, oh, my gosh, you know, do apologize if, you know, we apologize if it appears that your child's homework hasn't been marked. But (laughs) there were three other, 300 other things that we were told we had to do before that. So um, your, your children always come first in our books otherwise we would not have gone into it into this system you know yeah um, children mean a great deal to us and that's why we do it yeah it definitely strips everything back oh, yeah. right now um you mentioned about you know working in smaller groups and one-to-one learning could you tell us a bit more about the importance of that sort of one-to-one learning oh, and how um all in tutoring which is your business your online and homeschooling tutoring could help with this absolutely right so um for me working in smaller groups um working in smaller groups allows you to move children forward in their learning um at a faster mm. faster rate why? Yeah. Because you can you can see what the child is able to do and you're able mm. to focus on, for example, if I small groups, I'm talking about probably six students. So you're able to um, work with all these students probably at the same time and you can set a really simple task and you can scaffold it. means you, you start to um, introduce new bits of learning and then you keep on moving, uh, moving up so that, so that the the knowledge is 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 broadened, but you're looking to see whether these children are understanding the concept that you're actually introducing. Now, if working within a group of six, for example, not all children will be able to grasp it, for example. So if they don't, then you're able to, for example, give allow the four to work on a certain example, but work on the other two to give them um, additional examples to, to work on to see if you can actually get them to understand what you need them to understand and just work on mm. it and just watch how they're actually working on it. But you can see what their misconceptions are straight away and you can address yeah. those straight away. So when it comes to small groups, there's no, no, beha- there's no, man- you know, the, you're managing it. Yes. But you don't have to deal with behavior. Um, now for mm. me, that, that term behavior, oh gosh, it's, for me, it's a case of either the child is unmotivated or the child, um, child, because the child isn't being challenged or because that child doesn't understand what they're doing. If you have a child who understands what they're doing and they feel challenged that they've got something to work towards, you're not going to have the behavior issues. So therefore you can stamp that out completely. And also when it comes to small group learning, you can also use practical resources. You can ask questions. You can, um, you you can, um, you can invite the children to provide an answer and give their, give their explanation of how they worked on it. So that's one way of working in small groups. And that, those are definitely the benefits of working in small groups. Now, working one-to-one, one-to-one, I love working one-to-one. One-to-one for me, um, always helps to break down those barriers. It, it allows you to build up a rapport with the students it also helps uh, allows um, in that building up a rapport to break down any anxiety the child may have with sharing information with with a with a with a group of children who um, are their peers and they might be might feel embarrassed to actually reveal that they don't understand it 
Um, I do remember once when um, when working one to one with, with one of my students. This was during a break time, and I said, um, "Okay, tell me about this sentence and how you and how you wrote it. Tell me what 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 the noun is that you used." And I realized that this year, four pupil didn't actually know what a noun was. Now, mm. for me, it was, oh, my gosh. So that's why in all this marking that I'm doing, I'm saying, right, make sure change that noun, change that verb, give, make it a more powerful verb. Even though I'm teaching this, this child didn't understand what these grammatical um, grammatical terms were. So obviously mm-hmm. that was um, that was a barrier for her in order to, in, in her writing. So by working one-to-one, she actually disclosed to me that she didn't know what a noun was. And for me, that was, that was an absolute, absolutely revelatory moment because now, ah, we've found out what this is now. We can break yes. that, we can remove that barrier. Now we can move forward. So now she's opened up and I've explained to her, right, a noun is, and given her little examples, manageable examples. They may seem really basic, but for her, this, she's working at manageable chunks. Okay, this is what a noun is, and this is how we can use it. Can you give an example of that? And working at it at her at her pace to the point where she could say, "Oh, now I understand it." Now she realizes that she's now taking control. So it's all about empowerment. Once you feel empowered mm-hmm. to do something, you've been given the skills and the tools to work on something. You can do it. Away mm-hmm. you go. You're empowered. You now feel confident to do this. You feel, even feel confident enough and empowered enough to say, I don't understand that. Can we start that again? Or can you slow down? That's what you want. And that's what one-to-one tutoring or one-to-one work does. And so for all in educate, all in tutoring, this is what I work towards. This is where I pitch it. It's all about empowerment. It's all about nurturing. It's all about inspiring once you're once a child i'm going to say individual um mm-hmm. feels empowered enough to uh, address their learning matters to actually say i don't understand why we have to multiply that number by that number i don't get it i just don't understand perfect now we're working with something because now that child is that that individual has realized this is the part what, that i don't understand and i need help with that now we can, work, mm. we can break down all those little barriers and we can go all the way back to basics. We can go all the way back to basics without that individual feeling uncomfortable. They haven't got a crowd there being impatient and, oh, gosh, you know, you're taking up all this time. No, we can, we can, we can work on multiplication uh, for, for the next two weeks if, if it works with you. But once you've got it, once you've grasped it, you will not slide back. You will always be empowered to know that you can – you know what, try and work at this at your own pace. And, um, you know, I want to advance this now. I know how to do that because I, I understand how to do that. Now, can you show me how to do algebra now? Because I feel ready to actually do that now. You've broken down that barrier, that fear of learning. And this is what I, I this is my ethos for all in tutoring, breaking down those barriers to ensure mm. the child feels, that in, individual rather, feels empowered, feels nurtured. And yeah. is inspired to learn. And once you once you're there, you don't ever stop learning. Yeah, mm. amazing. That's true. Yeah. Wow, that has been so fantastic. Uh, we you. could literally just go on oh, and yeah. on. And but yeah, I know that our editing is normally a nightmare when it goes on further. So we have to stop this here. But you know what? It's just been so 
you know, education. I've learned I know, so I've learned a lot. I've learned not to put um, pressure on my daughter. Yeah. Oh, it needs to be an enjoyable experience. Let your daughter tell you it's what, so what let, her, let your daughter teach you something. And that way you'll wow. know whether she's learned something. <laughs> Surely. That's yeah. true. Let, let, let your daughter be the teacher. Enough. Yes, perfect. She's taught yeah. me what a fronted adverb <gasps> is. Perfect. Ooh. Yes. You see that? Don't ask me what it is. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love, love it. it. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But um, guys, if you would like to find out more about all in tutoring and even book a tutoring session, visit the website www.allintutoring.com. But thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Life Lately podcast. We would love it if you could leave a review. Share this with your friends. It helps us to be seen. Guys, you can also follow us over on our Instagram. Our handle is at LifeLatelyPod. But until then, we'll be back on Monday with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.